hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, I just wanted to do some housekeeping before we hop into the episode this week. I am so grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much. Um, And I will continue to release episodes every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific. However, I am going to start releasing bonus episodes as things are timely. I've had an incredible opportunity to interview people all over the world. So I want to share as many of these episodes as possible. So if something feels timely and I compare it to a previous interview that I've had, I will release it. Um, So look for those bonus episodes on Friday. um, And thank you everyone for all of your support. Please like, share, comment, tell a friend, etc. And if you want to be a guest, as always, just email pdkmopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and I hope everyone enjoys this episode. My guest this week is the host of a comedy advice podcast, Stefan Satani. It's real funny. He's a really charismatic guy. It was a pleasure to record, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, how's it going? I am fantastic. How are you, Bianca? I am doing all right. Uh, I just, uh, we were just kind of joking before we clicked record that I don't even know what day it is anymore. (laughs) I know, that's right. I think the more the pandemic continues, the more I feel like a dog. Because <laughs> now I remember when I had a dog and I would be away for, from school or work or whatever, and it would be so excited to see me when I got back. And now that's how I am. This podcast, I've been thinking about it for weeks. I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited to see Bianca Voss. Talk to her, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm really happy to be here. Really excited to talk with you. This yeah, absolutely. So to my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the awesome voice you're hearing on the other end is Stefan Satani. So Stefan, would you like to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Bianca, for having me. My name is Stefan Satani, and you nailed the pronunciation. So I'm so proud of you. Uh, it's it's a landmine of consonants and vowels. So a lot of people don't get it right. But I'm a Phoenix-based comedian and podcaster. I've been doing stand-up for a little while, although since comedy's in a coma, um, it hasn't happened for a long, a hot minute. But I'm also a podcaster. I've been podcasting for about three years, and I'm the host of a podcast called a comedy advice podcast where I've got a little bit of comedy, a little bit of advice, and I bring on guests and usually comedians. They can be other other functions and roles too, but a lot of comedians, a lot you may have seen on Netflix or Hulu, Amazon, Comedy Central, wherever. And we just talk a little bit and then we give some really bad advice. So, and it's a joy. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, actually, I'm going to be starting another podcast. Another thing about me is I speak Italian and Portuguese fluently. Italian because I grew up in an Italian family. I lived in Italy for a little while and then Portuguese because I thought, why not? And so <laughs> I was working at Rosetta Stone at the time and at, at those kiosks. 
and I got a free language and I lived close to a big Brazilian community. And I thought, let's try it. I feel like a lot of Americans say they speak Spanish, but not a lot say they speak Portuguese. So I think it's just as difficult, but, or I don't want to say easy, just as difficult, but it, it stands out a little bit. So I thought that might be able to help me with my dreams of becoming an international marketer at the time. And so uh, I ended up meeting a Brazilian woman. We ended up getting married. We're still married. And we're going to start a podcast all in Portuguese called Aguria e o Gringo, the girl and the gringo. And it's basically <laughs> all making fun of me and my Portuguese language learning. So um, it's a good time. But anyway, that's my elevator pitch. That was a long elevator ride. I feel like we were going up maybe the Empire State Building. So hopefully still with us. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and your wife is actually named Bianca as well, right? That is right. I, that's <laughs> another reason I was so excited to meet you because it was another Bianca. So yeah, this is double cool. It's always funny because uh, I use this thing called Bumble BFF, um, you know, because like, why not make friends in this pandemic? Um, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I've used it for a number of years. It's the uh, friend function of the dating app. And uh, it's some, every time I see a Bianca, I always super swipe. I'm like, yes, like I want to be friends with another Bianca. And it never happens. And I feel like if you put two Biancas in the room, like the, the world might explode. And it, oh my gosh. being a kid, like growing up in Minnesota, like I always wanted someone to have my name. Like when I, I lived there until I was 10. And then in Colorado, I always wanted someone to have my name and it never happened. And I, 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 having such a rare and unique name, like people remember you. And then I'm like, God, I don't remember that person's name. Like I'm a face person, but I'm not a name person. So I always feel bad because people remember my name. And then I have to really try hard to like remember theirs. <laughs> It's so fun. I feel like we as a generation should put more effort into unique names because to your point, it's really funny how you were saying, oh, I love it when other people have my name because it's so rare where if your name was Tim or Jane, <laughs> you'd, you'd meet another one and be like, oh gosh, here we go. Yet another Jane. But I like that. And I think that having a unique name, Stefan's it's it's not super common but i have met a couple other stephens and i do get excited when i meet them so i think that my mission with my wife is we're going to name our kids really interesting names oh so, my gosh i yeah. love it uh i was i always had a joke that i would name my kid stapler or something pacemaker <laughs> stapler hamburger i don't know i'm not having children uh i'll spare the world my my names um but i i do have a uh cavalier king charles spaniel and his name is bourdain after anthony bourdain and we plan to get another one when you get, come back from hawaii uh after living in hawaii for three years we'll get another one named name it fietti so we've got fietti and bourdain two rivals of the food world <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, I love it. I love it. Maybe I could, that, that might be inspiration for me with my next kid, Guy. I could name it Guy Fieri. Guy, Guy Flavortown Satani. That's what it would be. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I think you should do it. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like as a Bianca, uh, I gave the stamp of approval. So it's only fair. <laughs> it's done. Yes. Sealed. It's, it's going to happen. Sorry, awesome. firstborn. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I am so thankful that you want to be on this podcast about imposter syndrome, because when I reached out to you through matchmaker.fm, again, to everyone, it's not a dating site. It is a podcasting platform, matchmaker podcast to podcast guests. Um, and I reached out to you because I, one, I had actually heard your podcast previously. So I actually had heard it, it and 
heard of it. I don't know through Reddit or what, but I, I've been listening and I saw that you were on it and I was like, I'm going to shoot my shot. And of course I had imposter syndrome reaching out to you because I podcast about imposter syndrome. I, I sometimes have imposter syndrome thinking like, oh, is my podcast big enough? Is my podcast good enough? Like is, will they, you know, humble me and want to be a guest on it? And so I'm really appreciative. Um, but as a comedian, I feel like imposter syndrome is so ingrained because it's like, am I funny? Is this punchline going to hit? You know, like it, it, are people going to find my guests funny? That kind of stuff. So I'm excited to hear your perspective on it. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you reached out to me because I feel like this podcast is going to send an amazing message to all the people out there that suffer from imposter syndrome, which I think is the majority of us. Oh, yeah. Unless you're this, this narcissistic, egotistical maniac, I think we all suffer from it a little bit. And with, and I, I, I also love torturing myself because I love comedy, but I'm, this is one of my biggest challenges I feel is confronting imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and feeling like I'm a fake because I just I think comedy and I think this happens with a lot of comedians we're making jokes and we are up on stage asking for the approval of the audience probably every 10 to 15 mm -hmm. seconds each joke is asking for a laugh and then if you don't get it that can crush your soul a little bit. That's why comedians are so messed up. I feel like they're all a little bit dead inside from all of those jokes that nobody laughed at. And it's just so interesting too, because the audience usually, the first, that's the first time they're hearing that joke. So that element of surprise give it, gives, it, gives it this fresh take and they can laugh at it where the comedian has probably been saying that joke over and over again, writing it, revising it. And so to that point, sometimes the question arises of, is this even funny? What is this? Is this real? Am I funny? Blah, blah, blah. So I feel like from a comedy perspective, it's, it's just so, so interesting. And then from a podcaster perspective, I think you touched on it a little bit too, but I come across the same exact feelings mm -hmm. when I'm doing outreach to my guests where I'm like, how are they going to say yes to that? Are they even going to read the email? I mean, are they, sometimes I reach out to agents or publicists or whatever too. And are they like, okay, yeah, another podcaster, blah, blah, blah. And, and then when I do get them on the imposter syndrome does, doesn't stop. It also comes on because I feel like I'm, I've been lucky enough at this point and I've worked hard enough at this point where I've been able to bring on some of the funniest people in the country. And it's really challenging when I'm doing a comedy advice podcast with these comedians and I'm thinking, am I going to make them laugh? Am I going to be funny to them or am I going to just look like some hack or some wannabe or just some some dude that's that's trying to... Uh, you know, make them laugh. So that for me has been a huge challenge where I am a lot better at it now, but I used to go on and, and I would be very afraid. And, and I'd talk with my wife about it. She is my rock. She has been able to tell me, stop whining. You're being annoying. And so <laughs> that, that tough love has really helped me out. But also she has come, been like, you, you're funny. You know this. You've made people laugh just go in there and, and think of them like another person. But it's something that I feel a lot more confident and, and better about, but it's something that has really crippled me. And, and I feel like I've been paralyzed at some points uh, where, where I just am, am so in my head before the episodes and thinking, oh my gosh, is this person going to make, am I going to make them laugh? Because it's also difficult where 
some of these people I have never met before. And Mm -hmm. so there's also that chemistry that you have to establish just even in an interview where I usually in my podcast, I'll take them through, ask them a couple of questions, talk a little bit about them. And then we'll get into the advice and the silly questions because that way, hopefully I've established a little bit of a rapport, made them feel comfortable and then can ease them into being silly. where I know that I'm asking a lot from them. And and so I'm also thinking, okay, is the chemistry going to be good? Am I going to be able to establish it early on? Am I asking questions that they have been asked before and are just bored of answering? So I try and do a lot of research, try and prepare myself and then try and build up the confidence to not feel like I'm an imposter and just some guy that's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Um, Props to you for even doing stand-up. I did it once in college. I think that my boyfriend at the time laughed and my friend who was there for support. I had jokes. Don't get me wrong. Uh I have this one joke. It'll always be funny to me. So my middle name is Crystal and it's like, God damn it. My parents did not want me to get on that pole or join porn or whatever. (laughs) Um, Thankfully college degree. Thanks mom and dad. Uh, (laughs) Never have (laughs) never had to be a cam girl, but uh, Bianca Crystal. I mean, it's like, and girls, 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 here's Bianca (laughs) Crystal coming to the stage. Um, That's literally, it's funny because my, my father-in-law, um, got some of our mail and because uh, they live in Anaheim, um, kind of close to San Diego where I am. And and my father-in-law was like, oh, Bianca's middle name is Crystal. Like, that's a pretty name. And Scott was like, she hates it. She hates that middle name. Her sister picked it out and her sister was four years old, had no business picking a middle name. Um, but yeah, so that was like, that was like my main joke and then everything else wasn't funny. And uh and I will never do it again, which is why I podcast because I think I have something to say. I mean, I use every lift ride like a comedy set. Like I'll try out things. I'll say things that I think are funny. And, um, but it's also like I was saying before we press record that I always wanted to be on a podcast and was just hoping someone would ask me, like, I have profound opinions on The Bachelor, reality TV, my Peloton, all these things, marketing. I just wanted to be on someone's podcast and the opportunity never presented itself. So when I got laid off, I was like, well, I've had to produce a podcast for work. I might as well do this because I can. And I had so much imposter syndrome just even pressing that button, like I, I wanted to have one interview under my belt. And of course, my first episode with my friend, Christina Ayers, who's my tattoo artist as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have my format down and I had a friend that is a radio DJ and she said, Bianca, like, you just need to like equalize it so everyone that's listening doesn't feel alienated. So if you say like to my listeners, if you're not familiar, blah, 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 and make it like feel like they'll understand it then that'll help. And then from there, I just continue to stick to my format. I've always had the questionnaire that you filled out. um, Mm -hmm. And then I've just stuck to it kind of moving forward. And that's kind of what has worked for me. But it's kind of the imposter syndrome for me comes from like, okay, if I tell someone I have a podcast, what episode are they going to listen to first? Because I know some of my episodes are hot garbage, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) so it's like, not that, you know, any of my episodes are, are amazing or bad or good or whatever. I think they're all, they all tell a story. They all help equalize the feeling of imposter syndrome. But it's weird because I feel it when I'm like sending outreach or I'm reaching out for guests or I'm posting it in Reddit or, you know, I'm like, I don't want someone to like attack my podcast, but also like, I know what I'm doing is valuable. So it's, it's a weird catch 22. So I I definitely can empathize with you on that. Yeah. And and it's so funny too, because 
one of the things you touched on was scared to even press that button to launch it and everything. And that's where this is one of the cases actually with the podcast where I am usually afraid and I'm a perfectionist. So when I think about imposter syndrome and thinking, oh, if I don't have everything ready, I can't do it. And I ended up pressing play and recording long before I had a structure, a solid structure, and knew what I was doing even. And so I just kind of jumped into it, which was very unlike me. But mm-hmm. the reason, the genesis of the podcast, it started with me and my two brothers, because I was living in New York at the time, and they were living in Arizona, where we're from. And I wanted to keep in touch with them. We're all pretty flaky, so we, we don't talk to each other that often if we're far apart. And I wanted to have something where we could talk on a weekly basis. But then I thought, hey, I'm listening to podcasts every day going on the train. Why can't we just make a podcast? And then we we're, we're funny. I thought we were funny together because we have mm-hmm. a really good chemistry. I make them laugh. They make me laugh. And so we ended up doing that. And I kind of I, I ripped the structure from another podcast that I was listening to. And so I, I I had so many thoughts against that where I was like, what are you doing? People are just going to think you're a copycat, a fake, and you're not as good as them, obviously. So it's going to be like the RC Cola of that podcast. (laughs) And and so I was thinking, okay, I shouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then I I was also thinking, you know what? The only way that I'm going to be able to get in a place that I want to be is to be able to start taking that first step. And I was done thinking and trying to make it perfect. And we just dove into it. And you know what? Later on, if you go to my catalog for on my podcast to see all the episodes, one through five are gone. They're not there anymore because they are, as you termed it, hot garbage. And so I decided <laughs> to throw them in the dumpster, burn them. And uh, I'm thinking about putting them on my Patreon page for the people that really like me and want to support me just so they can kind of laugh at it. It's like home movies seeing... Uh, you know, some embarrassing stuff. But to that point, though, I I just kept going with it. And now I'm a 100. I just released my 175th episode. And it's in a totally different spot. I feel I haven't gone back and listened to one of my older episodes, I might go there, listen, and then start deleting six through 10, or, (laughs) or even farther. But it's, it's at a point where I feel like it's totally different. I it's better. It's not where I want it to be yet. And I don't think it'll ever get that way, but it'll keep getting better and keep growing and, and changing. And so that'll prevent me from getting bored. It'll keep me a little scared and nervous. And uh, I think the imposter syndrome will be along for the ride, but I think it'll be more of in the trunk instead of on the passenger side. Yeah. Um, So so yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's funny. Um, Just that you're like one through five are missing. Uh, But for me, like, um, it's crazy because when I started it, like all I wanted was, well, I, I had to beg my friends. Like I had to hound them. It was like pulling teeth and I, it, it, like my goal was, okay, if I start with my friends and eventually like I'll have enough legs behind this that I can start asking people that I find influential. And I, it's crazy because now it's like, people are coming to me. Like I'm fielding requests. Like they're coming to me. They want to be on my show or I'm you know, reaching out to people like you who have like an established podcast and established base. And, and it's like, I couldn't have even imagined that. And in March, when I launched it, that, that, that in August I'd be here. Um, but you know, Mm -hmm. we're growing, we're growing, we're little baby steps. Um, but we've kind of touched on the elephant in the room, of course, which is imposter syndrome. Um, do you have any like advice maybe for my listeners on how you kind of can combat that? 
Whew, man, there are, it's like, I think it's like a, a recipe. There's definitely a recipe to it, but it's not like making popcorn where it's just throw it in the microwave and then <laughs> press 30 seconds and let it go. Although that's, there are going to be quite a few kernels in that popcorn, but more like a Britain's greatest baking show, making a pavlova, so many steps to the recipe where I feel like I have done a lot to be able to combat it where some of it's worked, some of it's not, some of it takes time. Some of it's, I wouldn't say any of it's instant, but I think one of the things that I've been doing is, is preparation. I feel, I know that I just said almost the opposite of that, where I just mm -hmm. dove into something, but when I'm getting ready for interviews with my guests, I try to prepare as much as I can, do research and find out a little bit about them, listen to other podcasts that they've been on. So I have an idea of what I'm getting into. At least I'll know, hey, are they going to be a little more fun or, or warm when they start? Or am I going to have to warm them up a little bit? Are they going to be gruff, et cetera? And so I feel like that preparation has helped me know what I'm getting into. And then so that helps me that helps me, gives me confidence a little bit on saying, okay, you've prepared for this. So you're ready with stand up too. That has been something where I practice over and over and over again, and I'll record myself and I'll see where I went wrong, see if I want to change anything. And by the time it's showtime, I am ready and I'm terrified and think, oh my God, I'm not funny, blah, blah, blah. But then I think, you know what? I've done this before. I've practiced in front of several people. They liked it. It's time to just go out there and give it my all and have fun with it. That is another thing that I just kind of stumbled across in my sentence, but having fun with it and remembering that what you're doing is, is supposed to be fun, depending on what it is. It, it, should, it should be fun though. There should be an element of fun in it. And with the podcast, particularly in standup, I remember the voice of Neil Gaiman, who's an amazing author. He gave a commencement speech and he said the best piece of advice he had gotten was from Stephen King and he ignored it. It was when he had completed, when he published Sandman and Stephen King saw that there were huge lines for signings and it was a huge success. And he said, this is really great. You should enjoy it. And he didn't, he kept thinking. And he said for years, he was always thinking about the next book he was gonna write. And he was afraid of the fraud police, Think, just coming in <laughs> and, um, and coming in and saying, what you're doing isn't real. You're making all of this up. And then just take away his typewriter and all of his writing materials and all of that. And I think that to, to that point though of having fun, just sitting back celebrating the successes and remembering why you're doing what you're doing. And I like making people laugh. I like making myself laugh. And sometimes I'll be back on the edits and I'll listen and I'll be like, you know what, that was funny. And I, and I try and point out those, even to myself, it sounds a little insane, but I'll, I'll reflect on that and say, hey, that was good. That was a good job. And so that brings a little bit more fun and a little bit less stress. So I know that was a long string of no, uh, semi-incoherent thoughts. No, no, but. you're... Though that's awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of what you say kind of re resonates with me and kind of some conclusions I've come to in imposter syndrome um, is um, I'm a person with a marketing background. So my career is in marketing. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's interesting because uh, I feel like imposter syndrome creeps in the most 
uh, and, and for, for most people who aren't like on a stage or an actor or some kind of creative artist thing, uh, when they're not really doing what their soul is striving for. So, you know, they're in a corporate job, but really they would rather be volunteering in Africa or something, you know, I don't know. But mm -hmm. I find mm -hmm. that when, when I've felt it the most, it's when I know that I'm not doing what's right for me in terms of my career or what I was working on or the company I was with or the projects I was doing. Um, and it would, it would just scream at me all the time. Like they're going to come in here and they're going to kick you out. At, Today's the day they're going to come in here and say, Bianca, I don't know how you tricked us into thinking that you are a marketing director with your 10 years of experience, but uh, time's up. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. We got security. We're going to kick you out. Um, and of course that never happened. And when it finally did happen where I got, laid off and there was a pandemic and all of that. And, and, uh, I don't think they have any marketing currently at the company, but it, it, even when that happened, like the worst fear happened. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm fine. Like no one died. I didn't die. I'm alive. And what do I want to do next? And I know that not everyone can do that right now. There's a lot of essential workers that are very fatigued and there's people that, you know, don't really have that privilege to kind of figure out what they want to do. But I've had this amazing opportunity to like look into my soul and like what drives it and what I want to do next. And it, there's a saying that when you get a podcast, all you tell people about is your podcast, um, mm -hmm. which is very, very true. It's usually the first thing I tell people if they're like, well, what are you doing now? I'm like, well, let me tell you about my podcast. Uh, <laughs> nice. But I also find that every day I wake up very energized and excited and fulfilled because yeah, I don't make a whole ton of money from this. I mean, I maybe like make like a dollar every couple of days, like based on my <laughs> one ad. But even so, I mean, that, that's not about the monetary value for me. It's about the fact that I have people come to me and tell me like this, this, I now have a word for how I felt for the last 50 years, or this has made me realize that it's okay that I feel like a fraud in my career because everyone else feels that way. And now I don't feel so alone. And when mm -hmm. I started this, my thought was that men didn't feel this way. Like straight men did not feel this way because I, I asked people and they were like, well, I mean, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's funny because as this has evolved, people, I think the words imposter and syndrome are very, very big words. They sound mm -hmm. very scary. So you don't want to be seen as someone with an ailment. So why would we, you know, why would we say we have it? But as this podcast has evolved, I've had a lot more people come to me and go, wow, um, I think I have that thing that you're talking about. It's like, well, yeah, right. everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I was going to say too, I just, my, my latest guest, Amir K, he's been on mm -hmm. the reboot season of Mad TV in 2016. He was in Argo with Ben Affleck and amazing comedian absolutely hilarious and we were talking about something and I said a word that he didn't understand and he was like oh I don't know that what that word means could you explain it to me and we were then that led us down another discussion where we both and, and it's so funny that I just started maybe the past year or two to do this more but we were talking about how when we were younger we would just say we knew something, whether it was somebody talking about a movie or somebody saying something that we just didn't understand, maybe a word, uh, talk about an actor, basketball or sports or something. We just, we didn't want to feel left out and we didn't want to feel like we didn't know what was going on. So we would just go along with it. And now we're a little bit less 
afraid of that. And so we, we're okay admitting we don't know everything. And yeah. it's really interesting how I'm trying to remember why I was like that. I guess case of imposter syndrome. And then also maybe there's some pressure uh, around my social circle or group of friends where you'd get made fun of if you didn't know about something. I'm not really sure. I can't pinpoint it. But now I, I feel so much more comfortable not knowing things. And I'm not perfect. I still might have things, assume I know things, but um, or have people assume I know things. But um, it, it just since I was a kid, it, it's been that way. And I straight white male suffering from imposter syndrome for <laughs> so long. It's crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I actually think that there's a lot of power. Like, I think uh, in people, we tend to like want to know all the answers, want to know everything, be the smartest we can be because it's like a deflection. So like agreeing, like for instance, you know, I don't know anything about sports and I now will tell you that, but I used to, you know, go watch football and be like, oh, they're trying for a first down. And they'd be like, no, like what? They just... <laughs> They just kicked it. I mean, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I thought I was using a word that was right, but I guess not. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'll just drink this beer. And, uh, but, but there, I had a guest, uh, Sophia, who told me something that I thought was kind of powerful that in her previous, similar to a mirror, like you wouldn't ask what that word meant. You would just go along and go, yeah, okay. And, and there's power in being able to say, let me get back to you. If someone asks you a question you don't know the answer to, let me get back to you versus uh, what I would always try to do in my career is have all those answers because I was scared that if I didn't, then they would find out that I like am a fraud and then, oh my God. And then, you know, so, uh, so I like that. That's really good advice. It's very interesting to think about because I think it's becoming more and more normal to just like be, admit that you don't have all the answers and more and more normal to just like be like, I don't know everything because how can you? Right, right. And, I, you know, I think now that I'm thinking about it, it may have been uh, a, a catalyst for that in my development there was through learning languages. Because I remember when I was living in Italy, if I didn't understand a word, that could have been the crucial bridge between not understanding and understanding the sentence or the main idea. And so I would have to just say, hey, I don't understand. And I got used to it. I just got numbed to feeling embarrassed. I knew, I knew I was sounding like an idiot when I was speaking a new language because I was 20 years old with English, but I was three months old with Italian. <laughs> so it, it was an interesting and a very humbling experience learning different languages. And I, I love, and I feel like with Italian, for example, I was just throwing shame out the window and thinking, I, I don't know anything. I really don't know anything and I'm here to learn. And so I went with that approach and I asked questions if I didn't understand anything, something I'd, I'd ask about it. And then I ended up getting really fluent and able to absorb and, and understand and, and imitate different accents because mm -hmm. I was able to ask questions about, well, why do they speak like that in Sicily or why do they speak like that here? And so I was able to gain a really deep understanding and get a lot better. And then, you know what? I still, to this day, I've been speaking for 10 years and I'll still have words I don't understand. And I still will make an idiot of myself, but it, it is what it is. And, and it's going to keep happening. So <laughs> fail, fail and fail again. Exactly. exactly. So uh, I, I like to ask this question because I feel like everyone has a different answer for it. But um, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? 
Oh, yeah. Great questions. I think success maybe a year ago, two years ago, and I'm thinking about my podcast probably was getting it is getting a million downloads, getting mm -hmm. in the charts for top comedy podcasts, getting X, Y, and Z for milestones, getting guests, specific guests, getting Bill Burr or getting Burt Kreischer. Mm -hmm. And I think last year it started where I started to think about and, and a little bit in the pandemic, it, it reminded me of this because I've been at the point now where I've been doing for the past two months, maybe four, five, six podcasts a week. And not all of those are my own. It's a combination of all guests on a podcast or two, but then the rest are just, I'm getting guests because especially comedians, they don't have anything to do. So if they say no, they just don't like me. And so I, I've been able to get a lot on and um, I, it got stressful because I'm the, I do everything for the podcast. I, I promote it. I do the social, I do the outreach. I do the agendas and the outlines for each episode. I do the research and the interviews and I produce and I edit it. So Doing that for four episodes a week is, can get really stressful. And so I started to think about, okay, I'm still not reaching this million downloads yet, but is this really what's making me happy? And so I started to think about success and I have been doing a lot of things to help clear my mind because I think a lot of anxiety has come across a lot of people, myself included on, oh, am I going to have my job um, or what am I going to do now? I don't have a job or um, I can't see my friends and family, or I can't travel. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And we never know, but it seems pretty grim with the pandemic <laughs> and things that are happening. So I think that elevates anxiety yep. levels. And so I started to make sure that I have a solid routine in the morning. So at least mm -hmm. there's one thing that I can have control over. And I've started to try and do things to get rid of any monkey brain, I guess, mm -hmm. what, what monks call it, where you, you've got all these different voices in your head talking and, and all these different thoughts that are distracting you. So I've tried to do some yoga and meditation and things like that. And I start to think about, again, coming back to the Neil Gaiman and Stephen King's advice of you should enjoy it. I, I've been trying to focus more on the present and what I'm doing and having fun with it. Because yeah. it doesn't matter if I do get a million downloads tomorrow. Then I'll start to think, great, how do I get to 2 million? Or if I did get Bill Burr on my podcast, then I'm going to think, okay, how can I get Tom Papa? Or how can I get the next person? So I, what I'm really trying to focus on is being happy with where I'm at right now and enjoying it. And I feel like a lot of people... In the blink of an eye, I mean, I could be dead tomorrow. So is it really worth it to be struggling, stressing out about all these different things that could happen when I'm doing some really cool things and I'm enjoying it and, or I should be enjoying it. Yeah. So I try and think about that and try and think about what I'm grateful for. That, I think I heard Tony Robbins say that a while ago where you can't feel fear, you can't feel anger, you can't feel sadness when you're thinking of gratitude and things yeah. you're grateful for. So I always try to take a moment where if I'm, if it's a nice day, I 
am thankful for that. Or if my wife makes me something nice, I think I, I'm thankful for that. And I just, if I'm lost in thought and a positive thought comes across, I try and hold on to that for a little bit and just fully reflect on it. So yeah. I feel like that all helps. Yeah, I like that. I, I think I think that's really good advice as well for my listeners. Because I think like a lot of the times we get caught up in like, oh, if I only made more money or if I did this or that, did that. Great example is right before I got laid off, I realized I was, you know, I, I had been promised a substantial raise that did not happen. I was like, well, I'm not valued here. I'm going to look elsewhere. And I had this opportunity to interview at this boutique agency. They didn't bat an eye at my compensation requirements. And I remember looking in the mirror on the bottom floor of this place before getting into the elevator and like not recognizing myself. Like this was in February or no, March. It was like early March. And, and just being like, who am I? <laughs> like like would getting this amount of money make me feel better? And I'm, of course I didn't get the job because of the pandemic and all of that. And then they ended up offering me a part-time position, which I did not take because why would I do that? Um, but I, I remember thinking, and, and it wasn't until recently I had this uh, mindset shift where it's like, no amount of compensation could ever make me feel the way I feel now. In terms of gratitude, I'm grateful for so many things. My great grandma had a saying, like, count your blessings one by one. And, and that is something I try to, that, that, that I, this pandemic has actually allowed me to do is just look at all of the things that I have that are, that I can be grateful for. And I think like that has done a lot to like humble my soul, like humble my mind and, and, and stuff. Like I have an amazing group of friends. I have, um, you know, I have in-laws nearby when my husband deploys, I have an awesome puppy, you know, I've got a good support network. Like I have things I'm very, very grateful for. And I think like a key to to success is being able to step back and like enjoy the moment because I think we're always in this rat race of like keeping up with the Joneses, like, oh, like they got a boat, so I gotta get a yacht or whatever. And um, conventionally success for me is just being happy. Yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it just reminded me your story too of another commencement speech by Jim Carrey where he was talking about his father and his father was very much like him. He loved comedy, loved making people laugh, very charismatic person, but he didn't pursue comedy. He ended up being an accountant and he was an accountant for about, I don't know how many years, but Jim Carrey said when he was 12 years old, his dad got laid off. And so they, his family had to do everything they could to survive. And he was saying that this was very poignant, but you can fail at doing something you don't want. So why not take a chance on something that you love? And yeah. that really struck me. And I, I really admire the fact that you're going out and pursuing that. You're doing something you love. And then from what you've said, from the different things that now people are reaching out to you, you're able to get bigger mm -hmm. guests. This thing is growing already in the few months that you've started it. So I can't wait to see where it keeps going. <laughs> you have another subscriber. Oh, yay. And, and I think that, um, you know, it's, it's always so interesting to hear about things that people don't talk about like this. And so. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, as I said, like there's a lot of shame and stigma in talking about mental health. I don't know. I don't understand why I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this on my podcast before, but I, my mother-in-law, you know, talks about, Oh, like I'm, I'm going to a counselor or whatever, or, or, um, you know, like someone in my family will be like someone older in my family will be like, oh, I'm going to a counselor. It's like, they don't want to say the word psychologist or therapist or psychiatrist because those are like big words. And so like, they'll just like use like a smaller word to like, so that they don't have to talk about mental health. And I think, um, you know, people within our generations uh, are, are definitely talking about the things that are uncomfortable and trying to make changes and, and make a better world. And, and that's kind of like the, the, the frequency I vibrate in. And so like the fact that when I looked for this kind of podcast, because my friend had asked me, she's like, well, if you wanted to do a podcast, like what would it be about? I was like, I don't know. Uh, I just want to do one. And it came to me, and I had this like lightning bolt moment where I was like, wow. Okay. First of all, that, that name is brilliant. Let me see if anyone took it. Nope. Okay, great. Let's see if anyone has a podcast about this. Well, there is one and it's about artists and only artists, but I know that this is a unique, not a unique feeling. Like we all can kind of feel this on different levels. And so it just kind of has kept kind of growing and evolving and changing, but the format has always stayed the same. And, and it's nice because I feel like, it's all walks of life. So it normalizes it so that you're not just talking to actors or actresses or comedians or people who own businesses and fortune 500 managers. And, you know, I, I even interviewed friends. So it's, it's who, you know, they're not doing anything crazy, like, but they're, they all have a story to tell. And, and that's what I'm excited about doing each week. And just like you being able to share your podcast and as it's growing, but also being able to enjoy the moment as well. Right. Right. Absolutely. So I feel like we've addressed the elephant in the room, which is, of course, imposter syndrome. So we'll say sashay away to that bitch and move on (laughs) to my favorite part of the podcast, which is, of course, where I get to get inside my guests' brains. We talk about things we're fanatical about and things that we might have unpopular opinions about. So currently, I am fanatical, Stefan, about drag bingo. So I do drag bingo every Sunday with Charlie Hydes, who is a very, very funny drag queen in the UK. She's from um, uh, the US and she's been on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and she does drag bingo. My friend had a birthday party for drag bingo like a couple of weeks now ago. And I was like, this is so much fucking fun. Like, first of all, miss my gay <laughs> clubs, miss my drag brunches. So the fact that I could do this on a Sunday night with like a little beverage and we can dress in theme and it's so much fun. Uh, so I've been doing that now every Sunday and it's just a delight. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Yeah. That's Drag so cool. Queen.bingo. And then you, the tickets are $7 or $6 if you are a bingo bunch, which I am. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's like, it's, you, you win like dumb prizes, but like everyone's theme, like last last week's was vacation. This week's is glitter. I might've bought an emergency sequin dress for it. I mean, as if I did, you know, I probably needed it anyway. So it's fine. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and I didn't know it was there or that there was that thing. And it's like, it's nice to kind of have things to look forward to in this kind of new normal, so to speak. Right, right. Wait, so how does it work? Because I'm, I'm just imagining pool hall, somebody just there's the big number churner <laughs> or whatever it is. And yeah. then somebody calls a number. Is that it? Is there additional? No. Well, okay, so it's, it's so it's her. And if, if you've ever been to a drag show, it's, you know, there's, there's 
singing and dancing and all that. She has a full format. She has a full comedy set. Um, wow. where she'll like, she'll, she'll say a lot of the same jokes over and over again, but you know, they're coming. So she'll like call on people in the audience of zoom. It's basically like the bingo bunch, Brady bunch zoom. You, so hers is going to be pinned. Her screen is going to be pinned to the background. It's she's on this blue and pink background. She's got blue wig on done to the nines and her husband, James runs the soundboard and will like read the numbers off as she, as she, you know, does a little scrambler, pulls one out, and then she'll put the little dots on the board with the numbers. Uh, and okay. so then if you get a bingo in the Zoom chat, so say like the, so the first one is usually a diagonal. So if you get one of those, if you're the first one to say sachet, you then pull your bingo card up that they send you and you, you prove that it's correct. And then James will cross check it. And then you win like a t-shirt or a mug or a gift card. Oh, nice. Okay, it's just, it's a okay. lot of fun. It's, it's, it's cheesy, but it's so much fun. And I, I, I mean, it's brilliant. Like it's, to me, it's brilliant. Like it's very well done. I had no idea what to expect, but I'm definitely a fan for life. And Charlie, Charlie is one of the nicest Queens too. Um, oh, so it's, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Again, dragqueen.bingo. I really wish I had more sponsors on this podcast because I endorse a lot of crap that I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome hey you know what reach out to them you might be able to be a sponsor that's well it's awesome. funny because the first time i was it was my friend's birthday so the first time that i was on it she sees that i have okay so i'm like i love rainbows and colors and prints i was wearing i'm wearing a golden girls printed shirt right now and she she pulled my camera up because one i'm holding my puppy who's adorable and two i have like rainbows all behind me and she's like <laughs> She's like, so what's your story? And I was like, oh, I uh, have a podcast. And she's like, what's it about? And I said, imposter syndrome. And she goes, what's that? And I tell her and she goes, oh, so like being a drag queen. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, please be a guest. Please be a guest. <laughs> oh, nice. But, but I'm like working that slow angle, Charlie. I'm coming for you. Nice. Nice. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's pull it on over to you. What are you fanatical about? Oh man. Right now, I think the thing that I'm most fanatical about is my wife and I are watching a lot of TV, not mm -hmm. a lot of TV that I would watch personally, but I'm getting into it and we're watching Britain's Greatest Baking Show. Yeah. And oh man, what a treat. I love it. It's, it's just an all around experience. I feel if I close my eyes, I feel like I'm in the UK getting to hear things like put it on 175 degrees Celsius. And I'm like, Oh, I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit trying to calculate it in my mind. And then they're talking about um, different desserts that I've never heard of like, like Pavlova's and uh, Oh my gosh, there was a Sri Lankan cake that <laughs> I, looked amazing. So my wife and I, what we'll try and do, is we'll try and make some of those. And so my wife is, I would almost call her a professional baker, but uh, I am not. So we've got, it's almost like a show in itself where she's really good and then I try and help her and I'm really bad. And so I kind of sabotage the thing and uh, it ends up delicious. It just looks horrible. It looks like a nailed it type thing. Uh, I love nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be a perfect candidate for that show because I am just <laughs> horrible. But we've been, yeah, we've been watching a lot of that. So we've been baking and cooking a lot. So it's been, uh, it's made things a little more fun. 
and yeah. less stressful. Yeah, I feel like I've been using my like pantry as like a, a chopped basket. I'm like, because because when the pandemic started, ah. like the shelves were like empty completely. Like people were, you know, going crazy, like bunker theory, like hoarding. And, um, and I, yes. I basically had to make do with whatever was on the shelf because I was like, well, I guess I'll just, I guess I'll get this pasta that I don't want. So it's <laughs> as, so Scott and I have made, my husband and I have made an effort to kind of go through that. And we're slowly reaching the end of some of that pantry stuff that I purchased in March. Um, but it's funny because like, I'll be like, okay, so I've got this, this, and this. Oh, okay. Well, what am I going to make? <laughs> and See, it's you're fun. so talented you're, because my wife is the same way, but I cannot do that. If I see a cantaloupe and uh, spinach, I, I can't think of anything to put together, but she'll make some sort of melon salad with a honey glaze. And I, I'm just <laughs> like, where did you come up with this? And so she just has a wonderful imagination. And then she's also, I think that's kind of like her porn is Pinterest where we're watching TV. And then she's like, I wonder what I'm going to make tonight. And then she'll just scroll through Pinterest. She's got boards upon boards. Of, <laughs> it's like sweets, summer sweets, winter sweets, um, savories, sweet and, and just like a, a whole smorgasbord of, <laughs> of things on Pinterest. So um, I, uh, yeah, it's amazing. It astonishes me. And, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. My husband uh, is, uh, he's a recipe follower like to a T. And so he has the hardest time like for, and so for his birthday, he really, he likes sourdough a lot. So I got him a, a book about sourdough and then I got him my friend's Jane Doe starter. We made Nick Dolas Cage because he loves Nick, Nicholas Cage. So <laughs> we have this starter. And um, the, the funniest thing is, is that when he was gone on this most previous time he was gone, um, he was in River City, which is where they have no communications, obviously, because nine people died. But uh, right, right. so, so I hadn't really heard from him. And the one fucking message I get from him is, can you feed the starter? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I can feed it. I, okay. But <laughs> I'm not happy too. about love it. Love you too. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, love you too. But um, so he, but he, it's funny because he, the one place he won't really follow a recipe is baking this damn bread where he should. And he'll be like, well, I don't know why it turned out this way. It's like, because you didn't follow the recipe. He's like, well, just, <laughs> that's the one place he's like, fuck it. And just like throws caution to the wind and just makes whatever he wants. But then every other thing, it's like a pinch. What's a pinch? Uh, what's a pinch of what? Salt? Uh, I don't. And then I'm, I'm a person that's pantry, pantry chef. I, you know, I'm, ex I'm the same way as your husband in most things, except kombucha, where I started to make that when we were living in New York and I didn't really follow the recipe to a T and you know, it, I probably should have, because I think if you get incorrect bacteria levels in there, you could probably die. <laughs> but, but I was just like, you know what, let's have fun with it. Let's see where it goes, you know? And so I ended up doing that and did some really cool flavor combinations and you know what, unfortunately, out of all the cool ideas that I had, my wife had one idea that was way better than all of them, which was like strawberry and basil. And Ooh. it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. Don't tell her I said that, though, because <laughs> it, it was so good. But um, yeah, do kombucha. That was the one area where I was just like, you know what, let's just riff. Let's, let's, let's just some riff. Let's we'll see if we die. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We'll make yeah. toilet wine. It's totally cool. We'll get superpowers <laughs> or we'll end up in our grave. We'll, we'll find out. So. <laughs> oh, I love that.
That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, so unpopular opinions, everyone's got them, as long as they're not hurtful to me or other people, AKA super ass racist, I don't care. <laughs> so mine's always that I think cantaloupe is complete trash, always bringing its plus one to the party, honeydew, can't stand it. Why is it coming to the fruit salad party? Don't need it. Um, <laughs> and I'm laughing because I read yours and I just, I'm curious. <laughs> Very curious yes. about it, so go for it. <laughs> yes, I don't like Bradley Cooper, and it's nothing <laughs> against Bradley. Actually, you know what? There might be some feelings harbored there. You know what? I don't like – he's famous enough and rich enough and successful enough to take this criticism. I don't like him, not because he's not a talented actor, or – I just feel like he's so talented, and I feel like he would he could be my brother, but the brother that's way better at everything. Like, oh, I speak Italian. He speaks French. And even sexier language. I, you know, he, he's an amazing actor. He's funny. He's charming. He's a singer too. I mean, he just seems so successful. I feel like just jealous, even in, in an imaginary scenario where he could be my brother. He's not my brother. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even have a brother like that. But um, yeah, I feel like it's totally unwarranted. And I'm so sorry, Bradley Cooper, but I don't like you because I feel like you're so much better than me in every way. <laughs> it's weird for me because my my nephew's name is Bradley, so the fact that Bradley Cooper is a full-ass adult man and goes by Bradley. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I feel like out of the suave things that he does, his name is very, is, is very interesting. I feel like if I was going to be Bradley, to be suave, or maybe I'd be Brad, Bradley, Brad, Bradicans. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, but Bradicus. yeah, Bradicus, the next children's name. I love it. But yeah, I... I I don't know, Bradley Cooper. Although I guess Bradley Cooper, you got to say it together. Bradley Cooper. No one says just Bradley. I feel like if I said just Bradley, that would emasculate him a little bit or or make it, it just would remind me of my friend when he was five years old on the playground. Maybe I'll do that, (laughs) Bradley. 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 Maybe I'll take away some of the venom from it. That's, that's too funny. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, to be honest, like I, every time I, someone says Bradley Cooper, I forget his face. And then I have to like remind myself what he was in. I'm like, Oh yeah. And then that one. Oh, and then that one. Okay. Yeah. Bradley. And then like, I forgot he was a singer. That's how like little I think about him. Thank you. You're you're making me feel better already. I love this. This is great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are we are slowly rolling down to the end of our time today on Please Don't Get Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. Um, but I always love to give my guests the area and opportunity to promote whatever they would like. So take it away. Oh, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on this <laughs> of podcast. Course. It was a real delight. And so I'm I'm very happy to have met you and and be able to talk about my insecurities and imposter syndrome. So it's it's <laughs> therapeutic in a way. And I hope people can learn from it. If you guys don't want to learn anything at all though, and you're still listening to podcasts, go on over to a comedy advice podcast and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type it in. And you can listen to episodes with me with some of the funniest people in the country. May, dare I say the world? And they uh, talk a little bit about themselves and then we give advice, which is really bad. Don't listen to it. That's my disclaimer. But go on over there, subscribe, leave a review if you want, tell a friend and uh, shout me out on social. I will, sa- I will shout you back, but in a loving way. So um, yeah, that's all. 
Awesome. Well, as always to my listeners, all of this information is going to be in the description, including a link to his podcast, which is awesome. And I am very glad that you took the time and, and, and spared your awesome voice on my humble little podcast. Um, but to my listeners, as always, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, rate, share, tell a friend, scream into the ether. I don't care. But thank you so much to my listeners for continued support. And thank you, Stefan, for being a guest today. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Oh, thank you. You as well, Bianca. <laughs> All right. We'll speak later. Bye. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.